Well, the big game is finally here. After maybe the weirdest season of NFL football ever, Tom Brady's Buccaneers are set to square off against Patrick Mahomes' Chiefs. Will Brady's age and experience trump Mahomes' electrifying talent? Seems like a matchup for the ages. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host for The Plugged In Show. Focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Now, you may be thinking, wait a minute, Plugged In is talking about the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, it's a reasonable thought, and let's face it, everybody else is talking about the Super Bowl too. But to be honest, if you're looking for analysis or opinions on who's going to win and why, yeah, you'll be better served by ESPN or Tony Romo. You know, Tony Romo lately has done a great job of predicting plays before they happen. It's kind of remarkable to watch. Totally, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) That said, you know, the Super Bowl is bigger than just a football game. It's almost a civic religion, a national holiday in which people who aren't even NFL fans at all sometimes participate if only to watch the commercials. And on an even bigger level, our cultural devotion to sports is one that eats up many hours of our lives each year, an entertainment pursuit that we might not normally think about in the same vein as other forms of entertainment. And that's what we'll be focusing on today. Joining me for our conversation are... Emily Clark. Paul Acey. And Jonathan McKee. Well... As I often like to do, I want to dive in with a blast from the past question. How did your family interact with sports when you were growing up? Oh, man, I can easily kick this one off because uh, for me, Monday Night Football was just huge for our family. And I, and I think we've even alluded to it on, on the Plugged In show before because for me, of course, you know, growing up, um, you know, I, my first football I remember early seventies and Monday night football, man. I, I just remember Howard Cosell. Um, you know, that was an in- incredible. And, and, and when you were a kid, if you ever did impressions, this the first impression Howard you would do Cosell. is, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, if you, how well you could do a, this says Howard Cosell, you know, and I mean, it you turns just out always not try- very well for both. Yeah. Of and us, it's, but... and it's not, and it's not good at all, you know, which is, which is why in better off dead when they did the Howard Cosell. Anyway, we won't go to movie references right now. It was awesome. But, um, um, it, yeah, no, it was just so amazing. And you, you remember Don Meredith singing, you know, turn out delights, the party's over, you know? And, and I mean, it, there was so many good football. Football memories and for us it was family gathered around this ginormous we had a huge tv 25 inches and um, <laughs> 16 inches in black and white yeah, right? yeah no i mean literally we had we we used to have a 19 inch black and white and then my dad came home with this giant 25 inch console <laughs> tv where the console was bigger than the tv it was like this giant console with a screen and we, we thought 25 inches was the biggest thing ever and it was probably mostly for football and we would we'd watch football together it was a good family memory of us hanging around watching and cheering and um cheering for our broncos even back then man it was awesome wow. You know, when I when I hear Jonathan talk, I realize that Emily probably has no idea who Howard Cosell or Don Meredith is. But or what a console correct. is. <laughs> That's your homework for Emily today. Emily has no idea. No, that was a really terrible Howard Cosell impersonation. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a yeah, Howard I know, Cosell. I know. That's, that's how, how bad it was. That's it how a like bad it was, Paul. Denver Broncos playing on the field. It was a pathetic display of <laughs> mompishness. So anyway. Pitiful, pitiful. So 
I have to say, when I was growing up, I was not a huge football fan. The main thing that 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 made me a football fan, I think, was my parents got me a Denver Broncos football outfit when I was like six years old. I was oh, the yeah. cutest little kid running <laughs> around in that. But but the thing is, I, I took over the shoulder pads because I wanted to play superheroes, right? So so the shoulder pads gave me the, these muscles that I could I could you know, stick under my cape and I felt really strong. I really didn't become a football fan until I was maybe, maybe 10 or 11 when I started watching the Super Bowl. And, and it was, I sort of got the sense of what this game was all about and why people spent so much time obsessing over it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Emily, what about you? Um, Oh man, I actually have quite a few memories, but I think my favorite one was um, we lived overseas for a few years because my dad was in the military. And while we were living overseas, um, you know, if you wanted to watch the game live, you had to stay up to like two o'clock in the morning, I want to say. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, that's awesome. And I remember that people would come into, or they would rather call into school sick with what we called the Super Bowl flu. <laughs> uh-huh. And awesome. I remember one year, um, it, 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 I can't even remember who was playing, but I really wanted to watch the Super Bowl with my dad. And so my sisters, for whatever reason, my sisters were allowed to call in sick with the Super Bowl flu. But my parents looked at me and said, nope, you're too young. If you stay up to watch the game, you have to suffer through school. Wow. And- and I did. And because I really wanted to watch that game with my dad for some reason. And, I mean, it was just, yeah. So that's my, that's my favorite sports themed memory. Wow. <laughs> that's well, very sweet though. Wanting to watch the Super Bowl sweet. with your dad. That's, that, nice. that's awesome. It would have been sweeter if I could have slept in the next day. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I grew up in Iowa, which feels like, an opening line for a stand-up comedy routine. Um, but there's no pro sports in Iowa. We're sort of equidistant from all the pro markets, you know, whether we're talking, you know, the Vikings or the bears or the chiefs. And I didn't really care about any of them, but my, <laughs> my, my dad, and this will actually, this story will explain a great deal about my entire psyche. My dad and his entire family were all Iowa state cyclone uh, alumni and we had season tickets to Iowa State football every year for, I mean, we always had Iowa State tickets. Oh, wow. And I mean, I think Dante probably would have appreciated Iowa State football because it was residing <laughs> in one of the outer circles of the inferno. I, you know, when you go to watch a team that just gets routinely destroyed every game for like, well, your entire life. I mean, 30 years. It does something to you. You know, it builds character. It builds character. You get used to losing. And when you lose, you can just think, oh, well, this is like my entire childhood. So they're like the bad news bears of oh, college they were football. So terrible. They were, and they were, they had their best year ever this year. And so it sort of feels like an episode of the Twilight Zone to have Iowa State finish in the top 10. But I digress. So that's my my uh, first sports memory and and we shared in the the, uh, the agony of defeat to bring back uh, another abc sports reference that some of you will get um <laughs> from the wide world of not sports. emily not emily though look it up yeah. uh so uh, <laughs> this has been fun but we actually are going to talk about the big game today and after 
almost a year of on-again, off-again lockdowns, the NFL has managed to lurch its way to Super Bowl LV, but you have to be a Roman to know what that number actually is. So yeah, that, I, so- that sounds like a vaccination. I know, right? <laughs> did you did you take the Super Bowl LV yet? Exactly. <laughs> so which one is that? I don't even know what LV. Are we 55? 55. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was the V. I'm like, I know what that is, but you know. <laughs> Something five. <laughs> Who knows what an L is? Okay. So today we're going to talk about the role of sports in our lives and kick around some thoughts about how sports influences us and our families and our values. And I think this is going to be a, wait for it, super fun conversation. So first things first. Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate the trombone. Who's going to win the big game? Go. Who cares? Oh right. my goodness, Emily, what is wrong with you? Oh, There's always got to be one in the room. Oh. Man. Well, moving on. Sorry, I had to be the naysayer. You, you know what? It's funny because I know Paul and I are both Broncos fans. And and can we give shout out to one of our producers of the show, Dave, who is also a Broncos fan. But I mean, hey, you know, Dave. the thing is that there's – we there are definitely a bunch of Broncos fans around Focus, and uh, I, like Paul, grew up with a Broncos jersey. Of course, it it was a red or orange when we were kids. It is not changed. When you, not when you wash it as often as mine was. Then it, then it sort of fades into that nice, pleasant sunrise orange. That's funny, but but you know, it my, my I look back at the pictures, and it's of course the D. It's that big D logo. But you know, so much before the Bronco, as much it was the big D, and it was uh, it was kind of a little redder thing but you know i grew up with the with the um with the jackets and with everything so i mean a hardcore broncos fan but you know being a broncos fan recently hasn't been a lot of fun and um and i and usually the chiefs are you know i mean for those that you know know football a little bit know that the chiefs are you know one of our in in our four that we battle you know at least twice a year so they should be our enemies but man ever since mahomes has come on we, my wife and I have found ourselves, you know, I guess, you know, closet Chiefs fans because they're fun to watch. And so we've been kind of secretly, and I'm coming out right oh here on the podcast. Don't say we've it. Been, Don't say it, We've Jonathan. been secretly rooting for the Chiefs and uh, waiting. And when the Broncos come back, we're, we, you know, if it's, if it's Broncos Chiefs, we always root for the Broncos, but other than that, we're, we're, we're rooting for the Chiefs okay. and we like uh, them. And we, you know, follow the players. Quietly and, judging you. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. I, right? That's okay, Iowa boy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, Tom, I mean Paul. <laughs> There's just so much to say. There's just so much to say. I uh Well pick you know, something. <laughs> I am also I do like watch watching Patrick Mahomes play. He drives me crazy when he plays against the Broncos, just like you, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he he is an entertaining um, athlete. And as anybody on this podcast knows, I am not the biggest Tom Brady fan. So um, That was very nice, Paul. That was very I will, Christian. <laughs> I I really do do kind of root for the Chiefs. I, I never thought I would say that, but but I think I would like the Chiefs to win. Who is actually going to win uh, that, the Chiefs. that Tom Brady he always comes through in these big games so I'm terrified that Tampa Bay might win but yeah. but I'm rooting yeah. for the Chiefs yeah I mean I don't know that whatever deal with some infernal 
entity Tom Brady made. A Faustian bargain, that's what we call it. I don't think it's expired yet. So, man, as great as Mahomes is, never bet against Brady in the Super Bowl. And, and uh, you know, especially when he's an underdog, which is an unusual position for him to be in. But, you know, this this conversation, just even even the, the mention of the name Tom Brady it it does make me think about how important sports becomes to us, you know, in either okay. a positive way or a negative way, right? Yeah. My my feelings toward Tom Brady. I hope you're not listening, Tom, because I'm sure you're a really nice guy and all. But but I I kind of think that that our our feelings of either love or hatred just sort of go beyond the pale. They, they, they stop being logical somewhere along the lines and it becomes yeah. <laughs> a visceral a primal sense of stuff. You know, it's yeah, just I a totally, weird yeah. thing. It's not rational, right? It's, I mean, it's not I, rational. I have come to, and, and again, you can all judge me quietly or not. I have come to not really like Patrick Mahomes very much because he gets out of situations that he has no right to get out of, you know, (laughs) he's got two guys hanging on him and he somehow (laughs) pivots and throws a sidearm shot 48 yards for a touchdown. I'm like, Oh, come on. It's amazing, but it's not fair. Come on. But you know what? But, 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 but I think that's the difference between again, you know, God bless you, Tom Brady. Uh, (laughs) The thing I like is, is he's, he's likable. Mahomes is likable. You know, Brady, I used to, my nickname for him was the whiner because he just always was, he was just, you know, always had that look on his face. It was like, you know, he's always complaining about something. Not like, not like, you know, Philip Rivers complaining, but, but he was, you know, he's quite the whiner. (laughs) And, and, uh, and so I was just gonna like throw a smile, but it was interesting. Um, two things this year that were fascinating. One was there was a fascinating interview with Gronk. Um, I think it was last weekend where he was talking about the, yeah, 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 not, not, not the character in, uh, that Disney film, but, um, the, uh, (laughs) He he was saying some interesting stuff about Brady in the locker room about how different he is in Tampa without Belichick. It, it's just interesting. He says he's completely like freed up and joking and having fun where he was just so serious uh, in the Patriots locker room. And he just said it was really bizarre. Yeah. And um, and I found it interesting, too, that so often I think in football you'll you'll see people get like I have a friend who literally is like like don't come over when I'm watching the Raiders you know and he like he totally is all like he gets so angry and so mad and stuff and it's so funny and he, and he admittedly so I think I think for me um uh you know we, we had a really rough year 2020 and I, I kind of had this life change where where I'm just kind of doing a lot of things differently and I, and I'm spending a lot more time in the word and I know it's funny going from this football discussion to this but I I just, I just got to share this it's I was finding I was kind of found myself it was very easy to be bitter against a lot of people and I would watch a football game and I'd be yelling at the screen and this and that and um I'm spending a lot more time in the word and it's funny that um that's kind of changed a little bit and I can't help but think of there's this, there's this phrase that I'm going to paraphrase. Uh, there's this phrase that says, if you encounter, and I'm going to use the word jerk. If you encounter a jerk in the morning, you probably encountered a jerk in the morning, but if you encounter jerks all day, you're the jerk. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but, uh, you know, it's, interesting i found that i was letting a lot of people upset me and i was bitter against a lot of people and i was yelling at the screen a lot in various situations and it's funny that um 
the more time I spend with Jesus, uh, the more I don't mind Tom Brady so much. So let it just be said that, uh, I don't know, we got to... We got to love everybody. And for me, it's been kind of an interesting change to see Tom through a new light. So let oh that, I don't goodness, know. Oh my goodness, Jonathan. I'm going to throw it out there. How did me and taken... Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> you have convicted Sorry. me and taken some of the fun out of, out of this. <laughs> I'm so well, sorry. And I think we've talked about several things. I want to pursue a couple different sort of tendrils off of the conversation that we've had so far. I'm going to ask two different questions that are related and you can respond to either one or both. Why do you think that we identify with some athletes or some teams so deeply? And then the follow-on question is, how do we know when our identification or our fandom becomes something unhealthy? And we've already touched a little bit on both of those questions, but I want to unpack them both more fully. So for me, when I hear that question, I wonder if it all comes back down to to a drum we beat all the time at Plugged In and, and at Focus on the Family. It it comes down in a lot of instances to family, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we oh, yeah. Jonathan and I, and I grew up to be Denver Broncos fans. We you know we were raised that way by by the people in our lives. Emily wanted to watch a football game with her dad. It, it becomes sort of part of the family's identity often, and sometimes it becomes almost a, a, a statement where when you break away from from your football allegiance or your sports allegiance, it almost becomes a, a flag planting, saying I'm my own person. It, it, yeah. It, Football and in sports in general is is very much, I think, a, a, a family thing for so many people, and and that's yeah, the way it is with yeah. me. I, I feel like if if my children ever walked away from the Denver Broncos, I wouldn't quite know how to respond to that. To be honest with you, well, let me just say it's hard because my fourteen year old has, and actually he was never with them. We have relatives in Seattle, and they like to poke oh, no. at us. And after Seattle beat Denver in the Super Bowl, what, six years ago, um, they sent my son a bunch of Seattle stuff, a hat, a jersey. Oh, man. You know, kids like to get the best of you sometimes. And so when they're not adopting the things that you care about, sometimes they go the opposite direction. And, (laughs) and, And my son, to this day, he loves Seattle. And he absolutely does not care about the Broncos. And I'm like, oh, man, you're pushing my buttons, pushing my buttons. (laughs) I feel like, uh, yeah, no, exactly what Paul said. It is a family thing. It's also kind of a regional thing. I mean, um, I went to college in Alabama. And let me tell you what, you got to pick a side. You are either either screaming Roll Tide or War Eagle every weekend. (laughs) down in the south and uh you know it it, it's just so funny because it's like I did not care about Alabama sports at all my entire life and then I moved to Alabama and I had to pick a side and I inevitably it's kind of funny I actually chose the wrong side apparently I chose you know (laughs) University of Alabama and my dad still hasn't forgiven me for that because (laughs) Alabama beat Penn State in the 1992 Rose Bowl and he held a grudge. (laughs) Oh, that's Um, funny. And I think that kind of segues into your other question, which is how do we know when it goes, you know, a little too far, Adam? Yeah. And I I think that it goes too far when 
you're actually having a real argument with a family member about a game or about a <laughs> athlete or a team or something like that. I think that's when it goes a little too far. And I've seen a lot of that. Ha- I've personally never got cared enough to be in an argument with somebody over sports. Like me and my dad, you know, even with that, <laughs> that you chose the wrong side thing, even then, like it, it, my little sister, she went to Auburn, which was our arch rivals, you know, but we, it's, it's a joke. Like we're not serious about it. We just like ribbing each other about it. And, but I've seen other families that they won't speak because of an argument Mm. about a game or about a sports Uh, team or something. And I think, I think that's way too far. That's, that's you investing your life in something that literally nothing you do actually affects the outcome of the, again, the game. Yep. I totally agree with that. And, and one of the things, just to riff off of that, it reminds me a little of what Jonathan was talking about, how how sometimes he would get really worked up in watching games. And I, I would too. I remember as my children were growing up, I sometimes did not react in a very productive way when my team was losing. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is such a, a big family event, because families gather to watch sports together. I think oftentimes parents don't necessarily show their best side in these <laughs> sporting events. And it, and it's it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it's kind of serious too, because yeah. oftentimes I think that that I was the worst version of myself when the Broncos were losing and my kids were what, <laughs> 10 o'clock, 10, 10 yeah. years old. And, and I, I would just, I would not even be able to look at them. I would not want anyone to touch me if the game was tense. And, and that shows that, that there's a point in time where the sports fandom that we have, as, as fun and as powerful and as wonderful as it can be, it can get out of hand and it becomes the most important thing in our lives at that moment. And it should well, never be that way. Well, and you bring up a, a good point. I mean, it's like the, the healthy rivalry is fun. I mean, it really is fun. I mean, we've all maybe been to Super Bowl parties. I go for the food. Uh, and, um, but, <laughs> Same. But we've all, there, it's, just, uh, it's like, where's the wings? Just point me to the wings. But um, <laughs> it, it's fun when you've got people wearing opposite sides jerseys, you know, and you kind of have that like barking back and forth during the game. And, and that can be really oh, so much that, fun. That can, yeah, yeah. I mean, healthy rivalry is fun. But when it gets to the point where all of a sudden, it, you know, y- you've seen people cross the line where they aren't fun anymore. <laughs> and or, uh-huh. or where someone's always making comments. I, I remember uh, my kids had these friends that when uh, when their team was losing, they were just all like, don't talk to me right now and stuff like that. And you're like, really? Really? That that's that that looks really healthy. Um, and uh, it's one of those things where we just we, we just can't let it become something that affects our relationships. I mean, relationships, the thing I think I like so much about sports is it's a fun, I mean, think of like even, you know, the whole concept of tailgating before a game, think of the concept. And I'm sure some people would say, well, Jonathan, that's really about drinking, but think of, I'm going to say it's about fellowship. <laughs> it's about you fellowship. Know? It, it is. It's about hanging out together. And I think it can be so fun to hang with friends, to have healthy rivalry and do this. But I, at the same point, I would say that our kids are watching and as mm-hmm. parents, we should really think about 
um, that there's so often that, you know, when we're yelling at the screen or we're like, oh, he this and we come across so judgmental and and Jesus has some pretty clear words on that. And I think that's why we just need to spend our time in scripture because that will balance it. it we've got to keep it fun and keep it healthy. And uh, judgment needs to be something that we need to probably be on guard against. You know, we're sitting here talking about the negative reactions to, you know, if you're if your team loses or such, but you know, there are some negative reactions. Even if your team is winning, there are people who get, uh, they just get really, Oh, I don't even know the word I want to use here, but they're just, no, just (laughs) rude, just rude. We're just going to go with rude. They, you know, they'll sit there and be like, Oh yeah, we're winning. And they'll just Mm -hmm. like say such rude things to, you know, the team that's losing. And it's like, I'm, I feel like I'm a very good sport when I'm losing any game, but you know, you have to be a good sport when you're winning too. If you're sitting there just talking down to the other team or talking down about a human being that you've never even met, like you, you you know, as we were just sitting here talking about Tom Brady earlier, you know, at a certain point you have to be like, okay, am I, am I taking to this too far? Is this kind of like, is this maybe not the best role model for, you know, the younger people watching me right now and watching my reactions and also like just you know am I being a jerk to my friends you know who maybe they support a different team or maybe they like that player so you know you do have to be a good sport whether you're winning or losing it's amazing to me how much of our personal self-worth is sometimes rooted in the sports that we watch in the teams that we root for and i think that 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 comes that's that's part of what you're talking about emily when when you're talking about people being a poor winner it's because they feel so good about their team and so that sometimes gravitates toward they feel good about themselves and all of a sudden even though they didn't do anything but eat chips and drink a pop or something as they were sitting on the couch yep. they yep. feel better about themselves they feel that that affiliation betters themselves somehow i'm i'm guilty of that as well and 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 conversely when a team loses that you're rooting for it impacts you very viscerally and and it it's a fascinating thing. I would be very interested to find out why that is, why we identify so deeply with these sports teams. Well, it's funny. We well, walk around with our, with that identity, you know, slapped right on our, you know, on our chest or on the, on the center of our hat or whatever, you know, and it's funny because I live in a uh, 49er and well, I used to live in Oakland Raiders territory, but now there's something else Raiders, but there's a lot of Raiders Lord fans where I, Jonathan. Yeah, where, where I live in California. <laughs> and so I walk around with a Broncos Jersey or a Broncos right on my hat. So it's fun <laughs> because I have all these interesting interactions with people who are like, Oh, you know, when you walk in the room, literally, Oh, one of those Bronco <laughs> fan stuff. And, uh, I love, uh, working in my yard and I always end up at this one store that's this landscaping supply store. And I walk in and this guy's always got a Raiders hat on and I've always got a Broncos hat on and it's fun. We have so much fun with each other. I'm always like, Oh yeah, good game last week. I like, it. and I'll, I'll throw something out about like, about his guy, you know, or like, Oh car, that was a great interception he threw in the third quarter, you know, whatever. And he'll be like, Oh yeah. So when's the last time you had a good quarterback? Oh, that's right. It's been six years. You know I mean? He'll, so, I mean, we, <laughs> we're going back and forth, but it's funny because we've always got smiles on our face. Uh, we are always, it's this, it's this fun banter. And honestly, I would hope that um, when I walk out of that room, I hope he would turn and say, man, that guy's, 
That guy's a fun guy. He's a really nice guy. I hope that he would not see Broncos on the exterior, but I hope that he would see Christ on the interior. I hope he sees Christ in me. I hope he sees that I'm a gracious person, that I'm a fun person, that I'm a loving person, I'm a patient person. I hope he sees the way I treat my kids. And and that's that's where identity needs to be. Uh, the, the, the rivalry, that's fun. That's fun. And honestly, it can open up really cool interaction with strangers so they can see Christ in us. Well, Jonathan, I think uh, all of us are going to be hard put to top that set of observations. Not that it's a contest. So (laughs) (laughs) I think we could go a lot longer in this conversation, but I love what you've said there. And, And that ultimately, no matter how much we identify with a sports team, I hope that we're relating to Jesus in a way that he infuses our identity in a way that's even more profound than our allegiance to whatever athlete or team, you know, we call our own. Well, sporting events have been a part of our human history, almost as far back as we have history, at least as far back as the original Greek Olympic games. We love to compete. We love to witness the prowess. I love that word prowess of a highly trained athlete as we've seen, we love to join with like-minded fans and enter into a story that I think is bigger than our own. And, and that said, the transcendent moments that we experience in sports when our favorite teams win are just a shadow of the true transcendence that our hearts really long for. And as our kids invest time and energy idolizing their favorite teams and athletes, I think we have an important role to play as parents in helping to keep those things in the right perspective and, and full confession here. Sometimes my wife has to help me keep things in the right perspective. (laughs) too. She's like, you know what? You're yelling, you're throwing things, your children are in the room. (laughs) Who's the parent here? Uh, But obviously sports plumb some really deep, deep areas of our hearts with regard to our passion and identity. Uh, And I hope that our conversation today has prompted some thoughts for you to, to ponder as we look forward to the big matchup. So what about you and your family? Who's your favorite team? How do you enjoy sports together? And, and what lessons do you think sports, either as a fan or as a participant, and we didn't even really talk about that, enable you to teach your kids? And most importantly, who's going to win the big game? We would love <laughs> to hear from you. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or shoot us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. And as our thanks for being a part of the Plugged In Show family, today for a gift of any amount, we'd also love to send you a copy of Focus on the Family Vice President Danny Huerta's book, Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. You'll find a link to order that book, as well as some links to other things we've talked about here today in our Plugged In blog entry for this week's episode. Well, on behalf of our entire team, I want to say thanks so much for listening today. And we look forward to connecting with you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. Plugged In.